Oh, hello, hello. Welcome to DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, it's so great to see everybody here. You guys don't see me do a ton of these interviews anymore, uh, but today I made an exception, and uh, and you'll know why in a second. Now, we've talked about uh, the brilliance that we have when it comes to uh, you know starting businesses. We talked about the brilliance that we have when it comes to the sciences. Uh, there are so many, thousands of, of amazing black doctors and lawyers and everything else out here. Well, uh, this brother is someone that you really want to know about. Uh, his name is Akili Henson, correct? Did I say that right? Okay. And uh, he is the founder and CEO of Juno Medical. Uh, Juno Medical is uh, a company I'm going to let Akili tell you about because if I start talking about it, I'm going to mess it up. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome my brother, Akili. How are you doing today, man? Good. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, brother. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. So, so Akili is out of New York. Uh, so shout out to everybody from New York. Shout out, put the name of your city in the chat and put your hashtag B1 in the chat because uh, we know that we we are black first here on this platform and we don't apologize for it. Ain't nothing wrong with being black. Ain't nothing wrong with being smart. So smart and black is, is what we do. Uh, so Akili, all right. So first thing I want to start with, man, is um, I it was in my, in my, in my, is, is in my imagination or did I see on your bio that you went to Columbia University? I went to Columbia for business school. Ah, okay. Now what'd you do undergrad? Georgetown. In Georgetown. Okay, nice school. Yeah, yeah. Well, my my goddaughter, who's pretty much my daughter, she actually went to Columbia. So uh, oh, yes. I know Columbia. Yeah, and I, I actually, um, you know, I I I I got accepted to Columbia for my doctoral work, and I did not go, and it was a regret that I had. You know, mm -hmm. I I I like this. You know, I like the school I went to, but but I you know I think at that time, you know, being twenty seven, moving to New York was kind of. Mm -hmm. From Kentucky is like overwhelming, you know, and I said, man, I ain't got no money, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's cool. Okay. So uh, where are you from? I grew up in New York, actually, um, about like 25 minutes outside of the city. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Westchester, New York. Westchester. Um, okay. I, I know Westchester. You know, Westchester, White Plains. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was actually engaged to an awesome uh, black attorney that actually grew up in Westchester. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that was about, yeah, not very nice lady. Um, now my wife obviously is, you know, she's the, the creme de la creme, but uh, <laughs> but my ex fiance was a good person. I have nothing negative to say about her at all. But so, so, uh, so tell me this. So, you, um, okay, so Georgetown undergrad, what you studying undergrad? Uh, I was pre med, uh, with a major in economics. Really? Okay. Pre-med with a major in economics. Interesting. Now, what was your thought in terms of what you had planned to do with, with that particular degree combination back in, back then? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I I wanted to become a doctor ever since I was in third grade, actually. It's um, my grandmother was, she might have been the first because um, it's going back a while, but she was either the first or one of the first black uh, nuclear medicine technicians in the entire country. Whoa, nuclear medicine? Yeah, so she kind of instilled, so she was working with doctors every day. Um, she really respected them. And she kind of instilled in me at a very young age, like, she's like, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a doctor. Um, and then I had the opportunity to meet some of the colleagues that she worked with. Um, my third grade teacher's husband was actually a physician. And so I had, I'd been saying that I wanted to be a doctor, like from when I was in elementary school. Uh, and so when I got to Georgetown, I was pre-med like bio, pretty much like everybody else. Um, mm. that, that's probably like the start where I, where I knew 
I was going to have a little bit of a different career um, than, than most physicians because I switched to um, an economics major in my sophomore year at Georgetown. And so like the, the idea that I had um, was I knew that I was going to learn all the science, but I always felt like there was something uh, either about like the operations or the business side that they just didn't want me to know about, you know, like they wanted to kind of be like a good, beautiful, uh, you know, pre-med student. And I was like, man, I, I want to kind of understand like what's going on with the business side as mm -hmm. well. So that's why I decided to uh, uh, still keep the pre-med concentration, uh, but to focus on economic. Well, you know, and that, that's a big deal because, um, you know, I, I've seen so many doctors that, you know, start their own practice and know nothing about the business mm -hmm. side. And then the practice ends up dying. You know, and uh, so so that's an interesting, and then you know, and the thing is, I I, I don't I don't know if you feel this way or not, but uh, and my sister's a medical doctor, and shout out to all the doctors that are watching. But you know, I, it seems to me that sometimes when we're kids, we pick a major that sounds good to our parents. Like mm -hmm. if you're if you're a straight A student, it's like you're going to be a doctor or lawyer or an engineer. Mm -hmm. that, that's it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and and we pick those professions without necessarily always knowing number one what the other options are, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and then number two, whether or not we really want to do that shit. I mean, yeah. you know, like, like my sister became a doctor. She's like, I don't really like all that blood and guts. <laughs> well, you picked the wrong profession. So, so what? What? So, so it was primary like the the influence of the people before you that kind of led you to say, okay, this is the path I want to go down. Mm -hmm. When you started finding yourself and kind of shifted, is that correct? That shifted shifted my major, but like I also I am a doctor, right? So I I trained. Mm -hmm. Um, I was planning to become a cardiothoracic surgeon, actually. So I went to went to medical school here in New York City at Cornell. Um, I was in my surgery residency, training to become a a, a lung cancer surgeon, uh, and that's when I actually went to business school um, in the middle of my surgical training. So that's when I was at Columbia. So you went to business school in the middle of your surgical training. Mm -hmm. Did you do that with the intention of becoming a surgeon with an MBA or something? Or were you planning to switch out? Or what, what was the plan with that? What, what was the thought process? I was planning to kind of um, address the issue that you talked about, which is, you know, a lot of doctors don't really understand the business side of things. And mm -hmm. so it was, kind of, it was almost the same experience um, and like set of like what I was seeking in undergrad when I switched to, to econ. It's like I still I felt like there were some things that they just didn't want me to know about uh, boys. And so uh, they, they kind of wanted me to go into a basic science like research lab. Um, and I told them, I, was like, I don't really want to do that. Uh, I'd like to go to business school instead. And so mm -hmm. like, that is what prompted me to, to go to Columbia for uh, my business education. So when you say that's what prompted you to get your business education, mm -hmm. what prompted you to be prompted in the first place? Like what, what sparked that initial curiosity with business? Did it just come to you or was there somebody who said, Hey, make sure you understand the business side, you know, like, like how did, how did that go about? It's a great, it's a great question. A lot of it is intrinsic, you know, like I've, I've always, I've, I have this, I kind of get obsessed with being able to understand things. Um, and like, if I don't, if I feel like I don't understand it, um, it's something that I can't let go. And so one of the things that I could not understand is like when I was, this is right in New York city, uh, on the Upper East side of Cornell, um, 2008, 2009, they still had us carrying like pagers, right? Like a beeper, right? If you remember those. Wow. And, and what year was this? This was like 2009. 
right? It just didn't, <laughs> it didn't make sense. and there were there were little things like that. And and the other the thing that really um, didn't make sense to me is that I clearly saw um, once once I started practicing medicine is when it became crystal clear to me that we actually have two different healthcare systems in this mm. country, right? There's like, yeah. there's one if you are black, brown, or poor, uh, and then there's a health system for everybody else. And oh, so wow. a, a significant like part of my family, right, is in that system, right? Uh, the system that you don't want to be in. And, you know, as I kind of sat and like took, key, took care of all these well-heeled patients on the Upper East Side, uh, it was something that I felt like I needed to understand why, right? Like, why is it that um, I can provide like the best like quality care that you can find on the planet, um, like myself, but when a family member calls me who lives in North Carolina, I'm like struggling to find anyone who will even see them because they have Medicaid as their mm -hmm. insurance company, right? And so like that, that was the, the trigger for me wanting to, um, understand, right. The things that I felt like, uh, they didn't want to make plain for me. Wow. Well, everybody who's watching, I'm speaking with Akili Henson. He's the CEO and founder of Juno medical. Uh, if you all could please uh, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, also, uh, j just as a, a precursor, I'll, I'll mention more about it in a second, but Akili is uh, coming to visit in the black business school to talk about his new venture, um, he's, uh, he's, he's been raising a ton of capital and, uh, he wants to let you all know how to be involved if, if that's of interest to you. And, uh, if you want to know more about it, just go to voicewalkins.com. I put a link right there on my website, right at the top. And, uh, you can join the, the event. It's totally free to come to, and, uh, you get a chance to kind of hear more about what, uh, what Achilles working on. This is a smart brother. And I hope you all will take a look at what he's got going on. So, so, um, so Achilles, let me, let me ask you this then. So you, um, I find that intriguing that you mentioned that you you saw the disparity you saw you saw the other side of the fence, you know mm -hmm. that, that's what a lot of you know what happens. I notice with a lot of revolutionary types that do things that are just innovative and different. Um, going all the way back to say you know um, Toussaint Louverture and the Haitian Revolution, it tends to start with being exposed to ideas that they don't want you to have or seeing things that you weren't supposed to see, mm -hmm. and then you say, wait a minute. The, the good food is in the back. <laughs> I want my people to, you know, like they exposed um, Toussaint to um, uh, freedom. You know, he read all about the French Revolution and all these values, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He's like, well, why can't I have that? Right. And and I remember being at Syracuse University and I was on the faculty and I was teaching a lot of really smart um, people that were mostly not black. Uh, and they were going to Wall Street, making a ton of money. And they knew and, and there was all this stuff we were teaching them. I said, OK, my people need to know this, too. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. But they can't afford $70,000 a year in tuition to go to Syracuse. Right. Yep. So I, I like I like where this is going. So tell me how that journey has been for you. I mean, how has that um, how's that been trying to help people see your vision in terms of what you wanted to do with Juno, uh, who you wanted to serve and, and why? I mean, did, did they was it was it seen as, as radical? Was it was it welcome? Was it fully supported? I mean, how did that go for you? A lot of a lot of no's. Um, still to this day, uh, <laughs> uh, we've done, we've, we've been able to, to, uh, have some significant wins, but it, it um, so I, I mean, I'll tell you this, the initial story is that we, um, we were selected to be a part of, uh, a fantastic, um, startup residency here in New York city called Grand Central. Um, 
like companies that have gone on to raise like hundreds of millions of dollars in capital. Um, but we started our first day was uh, I think January 8th of 2020, right before a little thing called the, uh, the pandemic uh, that happened. <laughs> and so we, and then of course, I'll just say one thing, like you said, I'm from New York. I'm, I'm from Harlem. I lived in Harlem for uh, over a decade now. And so, um, you know, the, the, that's like my, my community. So like we, we, we're outside, we are um, in like real New York. Uh, but, but I will say, um, I, I came to this crazy idea and I was like, I want to open um, a modern doctor's office that uses technology um, that provides folks with great hospitality uh, that like is open to everyone. And we, and we in particular want to be in neighborhoods and communities where like people who look like me and people who look like the rest of this country live. Um, and people were like, oh, that sounds nice. You know, why don't you kind of go make it like a nonprofit, right? Or, or something to that. <laughs> um, and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. I mean, I, we didn't, we didn't go through the rest of my background, but like I, after, after business school, um, I spent the majority of my career at McKinsey and Company, right, which is one of like the leading business institutions in the world, right, where I, I, I like uh, served like uh, senior executives at like Fortune 100 companies. And I, I, I learned um, healthcare inside and outside, upside uh, and down. And I told them, I was like, no, like this is this is a, uh, a real business opportunity. And it's like we um, it is not a nonprofit. Uh, and, so, and so like nobody, nobody kind of like believed me in the beginning. And so I, I did what a lot of entrepreneurs did. Um, and like we bootstrapped open our, our first location in Harlem, New York, like using our own capital. Right. So I, I say it was a Achilles seed um, <laughs> instead of like a seed from investors. Um, and, and you know what? Right. It worked. Right. Like surprise, surprise. Like I, I knew a little bit about what I was talking about. Uh, and so we were we were able to do a couple of things. Um, the pandemic, you know, presented one of the greatest challenges that I've ever faced, like personally in my life. Uh, but it also presented one of the greatest opportunities because, um, like, the uh, the phenomenon that was taking place is that other doctors' offices were closing down, right? Like people in uh, the Harlem community they couldn't find uh, healthcare when they needed it most, right? They couldn't find like COVID testing, they couldn't find people who were willing to see them uh, to get like the preventive care that they need or to handle a sick visit um, that they need for uh, their their mom that they're providing care for. And so when, when others were kind of uh, closing down, we were opening up, right? And kind of like leading with our values and, and looking for every opportunity that we can to um, be perceived as being like, not just um, in the neighborhood, but like really being of the neighborhood. Um, and so like, you know, fast forward, we were able to show like, um, like really great data, amazing traction for, for the business. And we were able to uh, successfully like raise venture capital for it. But I mean, to answer your question in the beginning, it was not well welcomed and well received, right? We were kind of um, met with the opposite of that, but we, we persevered, right? Because we knew that what we were doing, A, like was just sound from business, standpoint and and rock solid but b it's the right thing to do right and we were kind of like we were leading with our values which i think if you know that's that's kind of the magic right if you if you um have a deep understanding of like business and operations and finance uh and you're also um have a you also like mission driven and like values led 
that's when the magic happens. And that's kind of what we uh, focus on at Juno. Wow. Well, everybody who just came in, I'm speaking with Akili Henson. He's the CEO and founder of Juno Medical. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, where he is in uh, the startup journey and uh, how he's going to serve our people. Uh, you know, he wouldn't be on this platform if he wasn't uh, doing something good for the world. And uh, I hope you all will take a second and uh, support uh, Black-owned media. Uh, you can hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, we reach a million Black people a week, and we're very proud of that. So uh, feel free to go to boyswalkers.com to learn more about what we have going on. And also, don't forget, we have uh, a Black Wealth Conference that's happening on the 22nd of March that you guys can go take a look at. Uh, today's the last day to get a 48% discount. Um, I'm going to cover the seven steps to creating your own Black Wall Street. Uh, I don't know, Akili, we came up with a term. I realized that the term Black Wall Street might not be enough for what we actually need. I said, because yeah. if you think about a Black Wall Street as a space where there's a lot of commerce and a lot of Black faces, I said, well, we've mm -hmm. always had that, you know, slavery was kind of a black wall, you know, you had black faces and lots of commerce. I said, no, what we really need is a black owned Wall Street <laughs> that's a, where we're the beneficiaries of the economic activity and not not the commodity that's actually being traded, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like the, the NCAA or whatever. Right. Or the prison system. I mean, we're, we're a big commodity. And and, and so to your point, I, I'd like to um, I know we just have a few more minutes because uh, this brother has a hard deadline in nine minutes and I'm going to respect his time. Uh, so, so I, I want to talk about Juno in terms of uh, of, of where you are, and uh, I, I'm really fascinated by the fact that you were able to get to where you are now in the middle of the pandemic. My God, that must have been horrifying to try to you know, raise money and, and 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 build this thing in the middle of all this chaos and uncertainty. Tell us about that. Like, what what's that been like for you? I don't. It has been it. it it has been, um, you know, one of the most challenging things that I've ever done, right? And like I said, I was I was like a surgeon in New York City, um, and then I worked at a, a rewarding but like very challenging um, uh, job at, at McKinsey. But I think the 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 pandemic has um, complicated things for sure, um, but. On the flip side, um, it has it also has served as a catalyst for what it is that we are trying to do. Like one of the things that um, I'm most proud of is we've been able to activate like so many brothers and sisters who previously were inactive with respect like to getting the healthcare that they need, right? And so like there's a thing in so I'll take like Harlem where our first location opened up. Um, almost like half of the people who were coming to see us had the same story. Like I have not been to see a doctor in like over four to five years. Right. And, um, and like, uh, shout out, I, I am a doctor, so I'm gonna get this in, uh, to, to your audience. Like you, we, you do need to see the doctor. Uh, it's, it's very important. It, it is. Um, and I don't care if you, I don't care if you go to Juno or, or someplace else, but like, um, blood pressure affects us in so many different ways. And like it, it, the interesting thing is like even that might be rooted to like the transatlantic passage from from slavery, like why like we are predisposed to have um, like higher blood pressure than like some of our other uh, racial and ethnic group counterparts. Um, and that that leads to a whole host of complications, like all the things that we talk about, like in the community, like sugar, sugar diabetes and, and stroke and high blood pressure. Um, like having a relationship like with a doctor that you trust is so important to make sure that we can 
um, address those things before the bad stuff happens, right? So we all know about, we all have grandma, grandma and them who like, who unfortunately passed away from like a condition like far too soon. And like, to your point about like building wealth in the black community, but like one of the, like health is wealth, you know, like having, having longevity that enables like um, the generation of longer, of, of more like wealth creating opportunities. Um, and so like to, to bring it back, Circle, or or to, add, to add to your point, if you don't take care of your health and you go out, you spend all your time building wealth, you're going to lose all your wealth trying to get your health back. Exactly. 100%. And, then, and then you die at the end of it. So it's like, you're okay. wasting all that time. But go ahead, please, brother. Go exactly. ahead. And I was saying, like, we, so the, the story that we heard most was that was basically thank you, right, for bringing doctors who look like us to our community, right? Like, I, I didn't feel comfortable like going to see any healthcare providers who were around because I didn't feel like they would listen. Um, you know, you talk, so, so boy, interesting. You, you, you talk about kind of like black owned wall street. Uh, we are opening a junior location on black wall street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, this year. Right. And, um, I was there cause I always like to, to meet and like understand and get to understand the history of a community or any neighborhood before we we're so presumptuous as to enter it. And I'll never forget, I was speaking with um, an older gentleman and he, what he said to me, he was like, it's important to have like doctors who look like you. Uh, because if you, if you think about the history of that community, he said, if you, if you go see a doctor who like, um, who was from like a different ethnic group, I'll put it that way, like, you don't know, they could be, they could be a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Right? How can you trust like the medication that that they're giving you? Right? That's a quote that he said to me. Right? Wow. And so, whether or not that's true, like just the fact that he perceived it to be that way, what does that mean? It means he's going to be less likely to go see the doctor. He's going to be less likely to kind of get the preventive care that he needs. And so, like just by virtue of doing a few things, right? Like creating a modern doctor's office that gives folks like a sense of place, right? A place that they feel like they can belong, that they can bring like their family members to and like refer and like refer to their friends to um, providing like what I call like culturally responsive care, right? Even, even in the black community, there are different cultures, right? Like our West Indian brothers and sisters have different cultures. Our, our, our brothers and sisters from uh, Sub-Saharan Africa have different cultures, right? And so like, like training our medical team to kind of meet people where they are and provide like culturally responsive care is so important to to what it is that we do and then one of the things that that's also critical to how we think about like our growth at juno is that we never we never want to just set up shop in an in a neighborhood and say like hey y'all y'all just accept us right <laughs> like what i tell my team is that we are here we never want to be perceived as just being in the community we want to be perceived as being of the community and so like that like the pandemic has allowed us to um, show that to people in real time, right? Like mm -hmm. to create a place where people feel welcomed and like they see themselves in like the doctors and other members of our medical team that we have providing care for them. Um, and it's, it's been so important and rewarding, but like to answer your question, it's also been like the most challenging thing that I've ever done. <laughs> well, you know what? well I, I'll tell you what, it's, um, you know, almost nothing great gets done without it being a challenge. And it sounds like you're the man that's up for the challenge. Um, and I know we've only got a couple more minutes, but I'd like to know um, two things. One, uh, how can people find out more about Juno? 
Absolutely. You can go to our website. It is www.junojuno.care. That's .care, not .com. Um, there you can learn all about the services that we offer. You can see like the medical team that we've been so thoughtful in bringing together to provide like culturally responsive care for like the people in neighborhoods that we serve. Um, you can learn more about like what it, what it takes to kind of um, do the things that are necessary to make sure that you're living your full life. And like, since I'm on Dr. Watkins platform, I'll say like health is wealth, right? Like you have to, you have to be healthy in order to be wealthy. And if you, if you are wealthy, but unhealthy, and this is your line, you're going to spend all that wealth trying to get your health back. So you might as well, you might as well keep it. There you go. Health, wealth, and relationships. They're all connected. Yep. Bad relationships will ruin your health, take all your wealth. <laughs> you know, bad wealth will mess up your it's, – it's, it's all connected. So um, last question before we bounce out. Um, so when, in the event, and I want everybody to know that Akili is doing a special event with the Black Business School hosted by my brother Lawrence. Uh, if you'd like to uh, hear more directly from him about uh, how to get involved with Juno from an investor standpoint, uh, just go to boycewalkins.com. There's a link there. It's totally free. It's going to be on March 10th. And uh, real quick, because I know our time's up, uh, what what can we expect in, in that conversation? Uh, you know, from you in terms of how we can get involved, stuff like that. You can you you can expect to learn more about um, the mission of Juno and what our values are, what our journey has been to date. Um, I'll also go into a little bit of detail about the business, right? Because this is an, an investment opportunity, and like understanding. Um, the business side of things uh, is is critically important, and I think, um, you know, we if we are so honored, right, to have you be a part of our journey, right, then that that would also like make me extremely happy because it, it speaks volumes, like when um, the people actually support you, right, and it, it shows that uh, what we are doing is is in fact important to the folks that uh, we are aiming to to serve and serve well. All right. Very awesome. Well, uh, everybody, uh, this is uh, uh, Dr. Akili Henson, correct? Correct. I make sure, make sure. I, I, I thought I heard that. I, I was making sure I got all that right. Dr. Akili Henson, CEO of Juno Medical. Go Google the brother. He's very smart. Uh, he's an ally in the community, a leader in the community, more than an ally. Uh, and so check out what he's got going on. And uh, I want to say thank you very much, brother. It was great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, boys. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so anybody who wants to go to the special event uh, where Keeley is going to be the guest uh, and learn more about Juno, how to get involved in, from an investor standpoint, go to boycewalkins.com. The link is right there. Also, there's a link to our uh, Black Wall Street conference on uh, it's a mini conference. It's going to be on March 22nd. It's going to be virtual. You can find both of those links on boycewalkins.com. So everybody hit the thumbs up button before you head on out. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care now. Peace. Thank you all.